Thanks so much for downloading the Nightcap podcast. We appreciate the support and we'd love to know that you are enjoying the pod. And now you can become a proud member of the Nightcap podcast tribe. Along with our weekly catch-ups and up-and-coming series with more amazing guests, we've created some bespoke Nightcap podcast clothing, which you can get online now. We've teamed up with our friends at T-Mill to create t-shirts and hoodies in various sizes, colours and fits for both men and women. Yeah, we chose T-Mill for several reasons. They make these clothes with 100% natural materials using organic materials that are better for the environment. They use the sun and wind to power the production of these products, plus they they will send you your order in packaging made from plants, not plastics. And the best thing is they look great and they feel great. You can just tell their quality so there's no knockoff merch here. Yeah, it's as simple as this. Go to thenightcap.tmill.com. That's thenightcap.tmill.com to order your Nightcap podcast merch now. Hello and welcome to The Nightcap. It is Wednesday the 3rd of January 2024. Myself and Paul sat upstairs at Salt having a coffee and a catch-up. How you doing, mate? All right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty chill. Yeah. yeah. We were just saying then that, uh, and a lot of people seem to have said this this year, that the whole Christmas and festive period felt like it went really fast. I don't yeah. know why. I can't really put my finger on why. Yeah, I, everyone I says why. it. Yeah, like like I just said, the the cliche is the year's gone gone so quick. Yeah, yeah. Which it just is true, but it is a cliche. But yeah. not not Christmas. That seems no. to, yeah, it's just flew by this. Yeah, well, it feels like yesterday we were just sat here doing our last one of last year, and that was uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, it's like fl- that feels like one week. Yeah, like, it's absolutely flown. Mm. Um, but maybe it's just how the days lie. But it's such a lottery, isn't it? Like where Christmas Day lies in relation to weekends and yeah. schools going back a lot later this. Sh- yeah, they don't. I mean, your kids going yeah, back on the eighth of that. I think that's probably what it is because I think that's the difference for us because we last year and the year before we broke up earlier. Mm. So this year we broke up two days before Christmas. So here and then the kids broke up on the Friday. Yeah. So they would have been back this yeah, week because exactly. they broke up earlier. I think it's just the way it fell. Yeah. They've took them right up to the end. So my two are off until Tuesday next week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long way into January, longer than usual. Yes. So I think that's why. Uh, Definitely. And, and because they left, I guess they l- finished school later. So that Christmas to New Year period is literally five, six days, isn't it? Yes, it's nothing. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, we're really glad to be back. Loads planned this year. Very exciting. On today's podcast, we've got Christmas presents, especially cookbooks. Um, Going to talk about Paul's trip to Edinburgh. Uh, I've got a few things I want to talk to you about in t- when it comes to rustic home cooking as well. But actually, let's first start with Edinburgh, shall we? So this was a little trip you did between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. It looked great from the bits I saw online and things you text us. But uh, Yeah, it's wicked. I can't believe. Like, I feel bad. That was my first ever trip to Scotland. And, uh, mad, isn't it? <laughs> and obviously, it's just been... It's one of those things, it's so close, mm. you, I just haven't got round to. Yeah. Um, always intended to, and there'd been other opportunities, I had friends work up there, I was going to go and visit, it's a restaurant I wanted to go and visit, but never, mm. just never got round to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just booked it as a trip, uh, as Marie's Christmas present, a little trip, nice. two-day trip to Edinburgh. Perfect. And what a lovely city. What a city. Mate, I was yeah. a bit worried, actually, because I remember saying to you, and I think you said, a lot of people have said how amazing Edinburgh, like, expectations to be too high yeah. going in, but... It was good. You it know, was very nice. Such a yeah. cool city, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just lovely, and it's how it's all separated. You have got your old town, and then your new town, but it kind of mixes in nicely. They had a yeah. Christmas markets on. Yeah, um, and I knew 
obviously being a being well into Harry Potter, I knew mm. I knew there was inspiration from there, but I didn't realise how big it was. Oh, how intense! The tourism there is crazy. It wasn't no. filmed there, but no. like just because J.K. Rowling was living there at the time, yeah. And so we went by. I had to go and see. Um, Riddle's Grave, mm-hmm. like you yeah. got to win, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so just, just so for those that don't know, there was quite a few names on, uh, so, so sort of a churchyard near the castle. Yes. Was her commute every day or something? So she walked through it. So a lot of names from Harry Potter are actual real dead people on tombstones. And these aren't, sort of these aren't just your general, you know, your little tombstones. Yeah. These are like, so these are like big. Oh, they're huge. Big. And yeah. like some Old. of them are crypts. Mm. Like they're, they're massive. So yeah. the, yeah, there must have been of a particular standard in these people back in yeah, the day. Yeah, must have been. It yeah. wasn't just, yeah, you know, that it's little random. <laughs> but yeah, there's Thomas Riddle. There's a McGonagall, but that's a man. Yeah. So she got that. There's yeah. there's a Moody, but I think that was a woman. So that's where she got Mad-Eye Moody from. Um, yeah, and just all the, the streets, it's that feel of Harry Potter. And yeah. then I've got a street that Diagon Alley is based on. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. Victoria Street, is it? Or Market Street? One uh-huh. hotel, I can't remember. But yeah. our hotel was right next to that. Yeah, it does feel like a bit of magic though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, especially with all the Christmas decks up, it was yeah. nice. Oh, that's so um, good. Yeah, and we went, uh, had loads of whiskey, mm. obviously. Oh, and yeah, because you texted us about that place that had the little whiskey. Oh, yeah. That looked yeah. amazing. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before. We just got there, went to a coffee shop, and um, I went in to pay an order, and I just saw it, just uh, a, a wee one for the road. And it was five mil, so a teaspoon of whiskey in a tiny little glass. Oh, it um, was honestly one pound small... fifty just to take away. I was like, "Well, I've got it, haven't I?" Yeah. And Reese, like, what are you doing? It's eleven o'clock. So it's just we we dram <laughs> for the much. road. It's a wee dram. It's a wee dram <laughs> for the road. Um, <laughs> terrible accent. Yeah. So uh, I just said it's it's you know it's all Harry Potter here. This is Daddy's potion. Yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool touch, though. That it was. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, well, like you know, whiskey you can get anywhere here, but. It's, I don't know, it's just everywhere there. Like mm. every little pub has loads of choice. Yeah. Every little pub here doesn't. Yep. You know, you might get, you get your generals and that's it. You've got to go somewhere specialist to get yeah, that's good true. whiskey. Yeah. You know, we found a lovely little pub opposite our hotel. Live music, really old pub. Um, and they must have had 50 whiskeys there. No way. And wow. I was, you know, chatting to the, the landlord and she was, uh, you know, giving me different ones to try. So it was nice, uh, just really nice, you know, Christmas, live music, just a geezer on a guitar, mm. um, in a pub, oh. uh, dead snuggly, and then yeah, and a whiskey, yeah. it was class. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm so jealous of that. And uh, did you eat well, I'm guessing? Or, you know, At first night, something? no, we went to Wagamama's. Did you? Because we were just, we just <laughs> left it dead late, and Classic. it was, it was a, like, everywhere was busy. Yeah, yeah. We tried to get in loads of places, but I'd already, I'd booked for the Friday night, I'd booked Cora, which is one of Tom Kitchen's places. Nice. Um, I did look at um, going to his main restaurant kitchen, but I thought, I just didn't want anything too sort of big, yeah. extravagant, yeah, like this, sure. wanted something a bit more relaxed, which is Takes what this was. Takes over sometimes if it's like that, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I want to go back to go back there, and it's mm. down in Leith as well, which is yeah, a bit further on. Yeah, it's a bit further on. outside, yeah. So um, I just thought somewhere local, and a couple of his places are out. He's got Bonner and Badger's Badger, Bonnie Badger, uh, Scran and Scully, and there, some of them are a bit more out. I think Bonnie Badger's a bit more out of town. So mm. this one was just up the road from the hotel. Cora nice. only opened last year, I think. Um, and it was just a brasserie field. Food was great. Really good wine. Service was amazing. The staff were wicked. Like, really good staff. And got there. And yet, yeah, um, Tom knew we'd go in. Um, 
and he looked after us, nice Aww. bit of fizz, extra snacks, and that it was lovely little, That's uh, lovely, lovely, lovely lovely little touches, touch. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't go there before that. I just knew anything Tonga's yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it was just absolutely class. Yeah, lovely food. Yeah, he's been flying. Feels like he's been sort of flying the flag for Scotland for a long time now. Actually, for such a youthful-looking man as well, he's actually yeah. a bit of a stalwart in that part of the world. He is. He? Yeah, I mean, he used to work for Pierre Kaufman, mm. so yeah. that shows you yeah. Pierre Kaufman at La Tonclair, which is. Now Hospital Road, Gresham mm. Gordon Ramsay, yeah. which has been open 20 odd years, 25 years, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. yeah so like, it's incredible. He's been worked, around for a while. Yeah. He worked there for Kaufman yeah, over 25 insane. years ago. He's like, it's the classic like baby face assassin though. He doesn't seem <laughs> to age, does he? You look at him, you don't think he's as experienced as he actually is, but he's been around for a long time. Yeah. He was and in he's that original. Chef's, he's a chef's chef. He's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. well known and, you know, television and books and things, but he's a chef's chef. Chef, love him, respect him. He's, yeah. You know, he's no, skillful. he looks like a no fuss, no nonsense sort of character, master of his craft type. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that first like phase of Great British Menu people as well, wasn't he? Like he was, he, he was, was probably one of the younger ones then, competing yeah. against your Richard Corrigans and your Sats and stuff. Yeah, he was. He was on around the two thousand seven eight time. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I'd love to go to yeah. kitchen though. Yeah, never been. Yeah, I don't I really know many people go. have because obviously we live here and not everyone mm. just ventures up to Scotland all the time. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to try that. Uh, excellent. Uh, what did you do for New Year in the end? Was it a quiet one for you? Stayed in, yeah. Watched yeah. Uh, Saltburn. Have you watched it? No, not yet. What a film. Uh, oh, what so many people have said that to film. me. Is I, it? Yeah, I, I love uh, Barry Keegan anyway. Yeah. I think he's class. Oh. And he's the perfect guy for that role. And I, I just, there's so, without this becoming a film podcast, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was in, just brilliant. One of the best films I've seen in years really? of that ilk. Wow. Um, in that sort of slightly alternative Mm. Ilk, you know just yeah it's got some things that were like you're like what the fuck mm. but um it's just the foreshadowing the cleverness of it when you look into it afterwards and this stuff was like i noticed but didn't notice and it foreshadows every i just thought it was fucking superb film. oh yeah superb. third or fourth person that said that to me that yeah. watched it over christmas and said it was absolutely incredible so i need to check that one out because there are i'm not going to mention them if you haven't heard them there are like a few scenes that are like shit really and people go about them and like, oh oh god you know these geeks that are really into independent films yeah, and they're yeah. like oh god that's nothing if you've not seen this oh, but god. it's not you don't watch it to be shocked no sure it's all about the movie and then those bits and they're relevant they're not just there to shock. yeah for the sake of it yeah mm. okay got you I'll, t- I'll check that out probably the standout film for me over christmas because i think everyone just watches way more films at this time of year don't yeah they? They've got time on their hands yeah uh we watched maestro Oh, right. The new um, Bradley Cooper film. Oh, is it, it good? was only in cinemas like a couple no, of weeks ago. it was ago. recently, yeah. And now it's on Netflix for free. Because it's, it's already on Netflix. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Is it's it absolutely good? brilliant, yeah. Because oh. it's based on a composer, isn't it? Yeah. Real life composer. Uh, Leonard Bernstein. That's it. And um, yeah, so like true true life events. Uh, but I mean, his his sort of characterization is just insane. You forget it's him. Yeah. And also how it's filmed is so stylistic, just very mm. cool, like really like uh, memorable. Yeah. Um, and what I learned uh, after, cause you know, it was one of those movies you go and look up, look, look all about it after, you know? Yeah. Um, the biggest breakthrough for this film apparently was how they did sounds. So for example, there was like a, uh, a big scene in that was like a, a posh house party mm. so you know lo, you know the dining room the blah 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 room there's loads of people getting drunk like there's an atmosphere mm. how they would normally shoot those films those scenes traditionally is all the extras would be miming 
Yeah. And it would just be the lead characters talking and then they'd dub in that after. They add the sounds, yeah. With this, they did the they did the opposite. They had an actual house part so everyone was talking really. Yeah. So then the, the lead actors are sort of not fighting over the sound, but fighting over the sound a little bit. Like you would of, if like you were in the room, yeah. Yeah. And they did yeah. that even with uh, like scenes outside. The wind is the real wind. And sometimes Bradley Cooper would maybe pause a second to let the wind go past because he couldn't hear. But it was all real. They integrated real life noises so it felt like really real. Because normally every sound is added after. Even shutting a door or a car door is always added after. Which a lot of people don't know. Every single sound is not the real sound in there. But no, that's interesting. Really interesting. It adds a massive dynamic to the film. Actually, probably more so knowing it before you watch it. Yeah. Uh, really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, really good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> f- food, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you eat while watching it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, one thing I was going to ask you, and it, this occurred to me literally last night when I was making food, it was a classic, like, you know, the fridge, the, the fridge is sort of like, you know, there's a few bits and bobs left over, what should we make? So we just did classic sausages, mash, and then leftover greens, like just what we mm. had. Now, with the mash, like I just did, was it was rustic as hell, like boil up the... Uh, potatoes, get a masher out, a little yeah. bit of butter, some whole grain mustard, season it up. And literally as I was doing it, I was thinking, this is obviously a rustic mash. Like in a in a nice place, you'd get like the proper masher thing where it all mm. squirts through. What do you call it? Is it just Ricer. Ricer, that's yeah. it, yeah. But I was thinking, when you are at home, how rustic are you willing to go with certain things? Like... I know you would have, if you came around tomorrow and I just made, like, mashed it, you'd be absolutely fine with it. But yeah. at home, is there certain things that you can't, do, do you know what I mean? Just because of your yeah. training and your professionalism and that sort of care you take. Is there any stuff at home that is like, I won't use a masher? Well, using, I don't have a masher at home. Don't have one. <laughs> don't have exactly. one. I just never have one. Yeah. yeah. I then, you know, I'll go to, say, Marie's or whatever, or Mum's, and they'll, they'll use a masher. And it, it's like, it's fine. You can have... It's have a decent mash with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's tasty. But like I won't do it. I won't make the mash I'll make it here. No. Like I'll, you know, here it's Baked a, a third. You add fifty percent butter. So it ends up being a third butter yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um and you know, a little bit of milk, but you know, I'd n i would n I would add butter, proper good butter, but I'd just put it through a sieve. Uh, would you? And just using a pastry scraper, yeah. just push it through that. But you'd still go to that extent rather than just like mashing it. Yeah, because it yeah. I don't take it don't take that long. No, I don't sure. think it, you're talking if it's cooking for me and the kids, and they've they've gone off mash anyway. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if I was, then it's putting a few potatoes through. It don't take long for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh, that's going to take loads of extra time. No, sure. No, so but no, I've just never bought a masher. I've never, never, never needed one. There was something recently. I can't remember what it was, but I've just never. Somebody was asking, "Oh, would you do this at home?" I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, "I've never bought one because I don't think mm. like that." I think the same with the the microwave. Obviously, we don't have one here. Yeah. There's one at the flat where I live, but it's always off at the wall. Yeah. It's built in. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. We've got a built-in one. Yeah, and uh, it was just there when I got there. And it's low because I think the guy before me was disabled. Oh, yeah. So it was yeah, it's yeah. a low one. Uh-huh. And like, sometimes I thought, oh, yeah, I could soften butter in that. Yeah. If, I forget <laughs> it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, there, there are probably, it's very hard to think off the off the cuff now. Because it all comes so naturally to you and loads of other chefs. But it's like, obviously, you unlike a lot of people, like I do podcasts and stuff for a living. I don't then go home and do a podcast at night. No. For, 
because I, ne- I have to. No. Whereas like you cook for a living and then go home and still have to you eat. You have to so, eat. So, so it's, it's like, it's a weird, it's like a busman's holiday every time you have to. <laughs> but it, it's funny to think like there must be some things that you don't even realize you do that you won't let your standards I, slip. Do I bet I there's mean? loads, but it's so ingrained in me and so yeah. normal to me that yeah. I wouldn't notice, but it, I'd probably, it'd probably need someone doing it <laughs> or someone with me to point it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and there's little things all the time that I just do automatic if Marie's cooking sometimes, not to like throw under the bus, but like panel just be like, say we, I might have potatoes and it's just ripping away like, and I'll just automatically, without even thinking, just turn, just it, turn down. it down and move it to the side. Because yeah. I just, that's what I'd do here if someone's yeah, pan yeah. was it. Or, you know, back to the spoon thing, if I saw that, I'd just move it without even thinking and it might look really rude. No, But sure. I'd just do it. Yeah. Like, you don't even think it. Like, it's instinct. No, yeah. Instinct, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially if people are cooking spoons. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Um, what else we got going on? Oh, yeah. So over Christmas, thanks so much for your birthday present, by the way. That was very, very sweet. No worries. Um, yeah, I thought that'd be right up your oh, street. really is. Absolutely. There as well. Yeah, I wasn't even too aware of it. It only came out like two months ago. Mm. Uh, so it was a Slow Food, Fast Cars, new Massimo Vittore book. And it's sort of with him and his wife. Yeah. About their sort of little Italian countryside place they've got. Yeah. And uh, That's what I liked about it. It was a different approach. It wasn't just food. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah stories and recipes is what, mm. is what it's all about. And I've only just started to delve into it, but a lot of it at the beginning is written by her and about her experience because she's American. Yeah. Now, you know, so sees Moderna in a slightly different way, but um, it's really, it's beautiful. Like all the photos and everything. It's just like- Photography's it's stunning. Re- yeah, yeah, it's really immersive mm-hmm. thing. So I can't wait to get even more stuck into that. Oh, good. I'm glad you like uh, it. No, love it, mate. Uh, I also got from Hayley's dad, which was really sweet. He gave me uh, the rural, a rural cookbook, Richard Craven's. Oh, nice. Uh, well, that is a hefty, that is a whopper. That is. I think, like, I've got that either here at home. Yeah. I think it's at home, actually. Yeah, it's a yeah. lovely book. Again, I've only just like gone through the first few pages because I haven't had a chance to probably sit down and go yeah. through it all, but it does look absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's a beautiful so. book. I think it's it's definitely up in so Andy did it away yeah. with media yeah I thought it was the same I was going to definitely ask in there like top five or so of I think just how beautiful it's put together oh, yeah. the design photography so it's simple as well mm. you know it's not it's not food, pretentious yeah. or you know it's very classy yeah it's um, very it's very um, you know Richard and Solange very yeah. it's just really really nice yeah. beautiful book yeah. yeah I can't wait to get stuck in so shout out to Richard oh, shout out to Massimo um, right shall we do some top fives yes now we you set me doing the top five like trends of 2023 that annoyed me yeah and I did look back and I did do exactly that Oh, oh, it was you that it did it? It was me that did it. No way. And it was that weird, shows how long I've been doing this, I went, so I just like, forgot. It, did, it rang a bell, but then I was like, I can't really remember, and we've done so many of these. Yeah. It was last summer, and I went back and listened, and it was really interesting, because it was, so it was like um, air fryer, uh, loaded fries. Ah, um, shit. What else is on there? Oh, the the one that, uh, the, the quad dip. Yeah. Thousand Island uh, sour cream and chive, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So that was it, but... I thought as it's start of 2024, I'll be a positive Pete and do my favorite trends of okay. 2023. Perfect. And I actually did a bit of research. So all of these are like actually stats based. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're things that I like. Yeah. But they're also backed up by being more popular. Okay. So that like either either supermarkets have sold more of them mm. or restaurants, uh, you know, or recipes that have been searched online. These are all things that have gone up. Yeah. In 2023. So they're legitimate trends, but they're just ones that I particularly like. Nice. So here are my top five. No honourable mentions. No. Cool. Straight up top five. Number five. Might surprise you, actually. Orzo recipes. 
Really? Yeah. Because uh, that was more cool a while ago, and then it's kind of died off a bit. I didn't know that had gone well, up. I found it in a list on uh, BBC Good Food Guide. They did their top 10 recipes mm. of 2023, and there was two Orzo recipes in the top 10. Ah. Um, and also, I only had it for the first time last year. Oh, really? Yeah, first yeah, time ever. Nice. And it was just... It is what it is, but I quite like it. It's quite a forgiving thing to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to cook than a risotto and things, but can be a similarly emulated yeah sort of thing. But more interesting than rice. Yeah, I quite like. I just I thought I thought it was it was actually quite good. It wasn't overrated in my mind. I was like, oh, everyone. Also, it's like a bit of a buzzword. Mm. But uh, I actually think it's quite nice. How um, did you cook it? Just curious because I know some people that just boil it like pasta but the benefit of it is if you cook it in the right amount of water you can get that starchy consistency. I did it in the sauce. In the sauce. Raw. Yeah, that, that's um, you, so you're keeping yeah. hold of the starch. First time, it sounds fucking bougie but the first time I ever did cooked with it was last summer on holiday in Greece. Yeah. Because uh, it was a local thing. Uh-huh. I was looking for local recipes in that area and it was really traditional but it was like tom- it was a tomato based sauce then had loads of feta and stuff on top mm. but it was creating that sauce with uh, really good oil yeah. onion garlic tomatoes cherry and like tinned ones mm-hmm. few herbs and spices oregano that sort of stuff and then cooking also in it and baking it Ah, nice. Uh, and then yeah, that's that's the best result you'll yeah, get from it. It really soaks it up. It and does, and you just get this just lovely viscosity to yeah, it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Great word. Um, and yeah, just the texture of it is really satisfying. So mm. yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. Also, recipes number five, uh, number four won't won't surprise you. This has probably been a trend for the last few years, but I think it's become a bit more normalised. Small plates. Yeah. In general. It yeah. used to obviously just be a tapasy thing, but it used to be almost even four or five years ago, it was almost like crazy the idea of like it's mm. well, it's tapas, but it's an English place, it doesn't serve Spanish food. Yeah. Whereas now, like small plates just in general, just like at grass fed, just like that sharing element. Mm. It's far more common now. Yeah. Um some might even argue it's overplayed in some places. It's been but... slated a bit in in ways and I think mm. that's because some places get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and they make it like You've got small plates and you've got sharing, and there, there is an area where they can come together. Yeah. But some, they're really small, and yeah. you can't share them. Yeah. And that's where they get knocked. But that's the that's the place doing it badly. Yeah. Yeah, it still yeah, exactly. needs to be of a, you know, a, a decent size, because they are better for sharing. And yeah. Yeah, two of us, let's have five or six of them. 100%. Yeah. I think that's that can be a knock on it. I've, I can't remember. Oh, when me and... Me and two friends were at a place the other day. There was three of us, mm. and they brought out something, and it was two things. Yeah, and I was like, "So we cut, we can't even cut them both in half because that's four." <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? You just yeah. half a. I was like, "You have a bit more than me." Like it was yeah. just one of those. It's a silly thing, but you think like if they saw oh, it's a table of three, not two, we'll give them three. Yeah, uh, and it's a pound extra. Or I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just got to be an adaptable way yeah. around it. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. think it has become more normalised. More places are doing it. It's not just Spanishy places. And I think well, when I think about stuff like that, I think about my dad. Because I think he'd be like a cynic before, like all oh, small plates share. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just want to start a main dessert. Like that's how I grew up. Yeah. Uh, but it's more not even he's more accustomed to it now. But it's also just more interesting. And we talk about the food more. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Like, and you know, I'll do it when I go out, even to a normal pub when I don't have the option. I'll make my own. Yeah. 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 Nice. It would just say like I don't know if it's me and Marie or whatever, or me and a mate. We might order four or five starters. Yeah. 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 Or maybe like a couple of starters and a main, and just share. We'll just share it. Like. Yeah. Love yeah. that. So yeah, small plates. Obvious trend, but you know, one that I think is good. So that's number four for me. Nice. Number three, non-alcoholic beers. 
Okay. Just there are good ones now. It's yeah, as they, as that. They, they've, yeah. They've, they've caught up with the market demand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. There are some really good ones. Um, Brooklyn Lager, probably my favorite one. Yeah. That is, that is the standout one that you can get in most supermarkets. I think I'm sure there are, there are much better ones that are a bit more specialist or a bit more. But mm. somewhere we could go to most supermarkets and get a good non-alcoholic lager, the Brooklyn one is my favorite. Yeah. We're um, finding a little bit more demand, especially at grass-fed. We're getting a lot of demand yeah. for it. So we sourced in, one to it's get. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not, it used to be, a bit more of a for pregnant women and designated drivers. Yeah. Because now it's a bit more of a choice. People are like, oh, it's Tuesday night. Do you know what? I'd rather have an, yeah. you know. And I think because they, you want, with the beer, that sort, sort of whole like end of a working day or you want that, you want to scratch an itch. Yeah. And and some of the non-alcoholic, they just don't. Yeah. But some have, you know, or a 0.5 mm. have got that, just that sense of I'm having a beer and yeah. you want that sense of it. Exactly. And it, um, it, it works. And, you know, we're not, if it's a Tuesday night and they probably only have two beers anyway, they yeah. might have two non-alcoholic. What needs to go away is people moaning about how much they cost. Yeah. Uh, restaurants, so we, we don't control that. They cost pretty much as much as the, the normal. Mm. You know, it, it's, you know, it's about packaging yeah. and process yeah, and absolutely. marketing. That's where the cost of beer comes in. Not what's in the bottle 100%. or in the can. Mm. You know, look at Carlin, the shittest beer in, in the world. The tin costs more than the actual what's in it. Really? Yeah, it's, it's just hops and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, isn't so it? So true. Yeah. You know, they, like like Guinness, apparently their non-alcoholic is superb. Oh, yeah. I've not I still haven't tried it, it yet, but no, apparently it is one it. of the best ones. Yeah. But again, it's the marketing, the packaging, the delivery, the process, the supply chains. Yeah, That's so where true. the cost comes in. So yeah, absolutely. We don't control that. We have to make our margin. Don't quote me on this, but I remember having a conversation with someone about gin and they were saying how, because gin is very expensive for the non-alcoholic stuff. Mm. But apparently you cannot even call it gin because the, you have to make gin and take the alcohol out. Yes. So it takes longer to make non-alcoholic gin than gin. Yeah. So that process alone, mm. I mean, that, yeah, that's why the cost is so high. It's yeah. as simple as that. It's not like a cheap knockoff version of gin. No. You know, so uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, number three, non-alcoholic beers. No. Number two... Uh, this was a surprising trend. Again, when I was doing research on this, I didn't necessarily know that it had grown. But then when I thought about it, I was like, I probably have seen more of these around, especially at good, you know, good food festivals or street markets, that sort of thing. Tacos. Uh, yeah. Tacos, always, I always think of American like sitcoms, TV shows, and just American scene being you know, tacos. Obviously, it's a Mexican thing, but yeah, very California American. fish tacos have been big for years. Exactly, yeah. Because it's over the border. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Whereas in this country, it's never been a prominent fast food. No. A few um, years ago, they came in like restaurants, fancy restaurants. We did some little versions, even with cabbage as the fill-in. Yeah. That is the, the, yeah. the, the uh, tortilla. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still not huge, but no. it's grown massively. Few, I mean, I've never been to one still, but I, even noticing that there's some Taco Bells around now. Yeah, I've heard commonly. there are. Like, I've yeah. never seen one. They're like, it's weird. They don't look like food places. They're like purple and black fronted. They yeah. almost look like a bar or, yeah. or an estate agent. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's weird. It's odd. The first but, one um, I heard of was in, when I lived in Suffolk, there was RAF Mildenhall and RAF something else. Massive, massive like thousands of Americans yeah. that had one on the base uh-huh. where you couldn't go in. Yeah. So, cause they're Americans, they had a taco bell on the base for them there. That is fucking men- yeah. mental. But there you go. That just shows the cultural difference in yeah. attitudes towards tacos. And uh, obviously I don't necessarily, I can't vouch for taco bell and whether it's any good for its price or whatever, but 
I've just noticed tacos in general a bit more readily available. We're more accustomed to them now, and I just love the variety in them. Like, yeah. I love the taste of the tortilla, but I love that it can be loads of different. It could be beef, it could be pork, it could be fish, it could be mm. vegetarian, it can have coleslaw, it can have. You know, it, there's lots of variety in them. Yeah, and I just love getting you know a little plate of them. You get stuck in, and yeah, it's always you know the juice that seeps into the tortilla as well from the meat. Like I love that. Yeah, it's a great one. I and mean, it's how it's more how they should be served and how they would be served in yeah. Mexico. Like I grew up with what like the least Mexican Mexican food being popular, Old El Paso fajitas. Yeah, there's nothing Mexican <laughs> about them. They'd never eat them. Those no. massive massive giant things. flour tortillas yeah it'd, it'd always be corn for corn one. ones yeah, yeah, yeah better texture better flavor yeah yeah and you know small tacos fill in cheap meat yeah always like slow cooked meat often, i spoke it? about on the pub when i was in mexico on the side of a road it's cow's head and just the most amazing that, um, uh, citrus and the most amazing guac the, like just chopped avo the street food version of chef's table Mm. did that they they did tacos and they did street food in in mexico city wasn't it and outside like football grounds it yeah did that. yeah it's like outside a football ground here fucking i don't know like oh, you just wouldn't go near it no, there. You like, imagine having that like slow cooked cow's <sighs> head and a taco outside a football ground like some fuck. tomatilla on and, oh. and lime juice just all over the top oh. fucking beautiful amazing yeah. yeah so tacos a big trend apparently in this country so i was pleased to see it there so i put it in number That's two because i love taco Number one, the most popular in terms of percentage growth in ordered in bars across the country. Oh, I was going to go elsewhere, but I'm interested now. What do you reckon? Well, it's cocktail. Oh, cocktail. Mm. It's my favourite cocktail. And it is the number one like percentage growth of 2023. Your favourite cocktail. Yeah. It just happens to be my favourite, but it's apparently 2023's biggest Old fashioned? No. No. No, I do love an old I know you like an old yeah. fashioned. I didn't know it was your favourite. Um... Negroni. Negroni, yeah. yeah. Uh, Negroni is a good cocktail. Yeah, I mean, it's classic. It's weird how these things ebb and flow popular-wise. Yeah. What what triggers it? I just, I know, who knows? I don't, I don't know. Because you, you see it in, again, restaurants of like our ilk and that, a, a few years ago. They were never, you know, 10 years ago, they were never really served. You'd get them no. in your, your London hotel bars yeah. and things yeah. like that, your classic cocktails, but just weren't really... A thing, but now they're massive in great Huge. restaurants, and then it it spans off from Absolutely. there. In this article, it said apparently Negroni was the cocktail of 2023, and of 2024 they project project that Martini is going to make Martini come back. Ah. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. If that, um, yeah, I've never been mad for martinis, but no, that'd be interesting to see next year. But I love a Negroni, and also I think it's one one good thing with the Negroni, in my opinion, is I don't think I think it's hard to fuck it up. Yeah, like well, it's you, hard to find a bad one. No, and even it's an easy. You're gonna place. sell a lot. You can do a pre-mix of it. Yeah, you don't have to Not make a them to order. Yeah, gin, sweet vermouth, Campari, bit of ice. Yeah, orange peel. That's it. In a lovely heavy glass. Yeah, wide, wide stubby glass. Yeah, yeah. it's just great. Chody glass. It's my favorite. It's definitely my favorite cocktail. But yeah, apparently it was the biggest of 2023. So I was like, well, that's a shoe in for number one on my top yeah. five trends of 2023. And you do, I, you know, you see it here. We get, you know, more ordered here. And yeah. if it's on the menu. You don't even have to have it on the menu. People will just assume Ask. you do it yeah. and have it because that trend is is there. Like we sold, especially Christmas up here, we sold loads. I remember we had a table and this guy had never heard of it and he just really? couldn't stand it. The bitterness. Really? It was oh, just... the bitterness. Yeah, that's it. Hayley, obviously she's not drinking at the moment, but she used to, She'd always see me with it. Oh, let me try it. And she, oh, God. And she, she can't stand the bitterness, but yeah. could, could see that it, I loved it and it looks good. And every time she was like, 
Well, let me try again. I'll, uh, <laughs> see, if it, see if it's great. No, it's still shit. I yeah. still hate it. But no, uh, it is class. It doesn't beat an old fashioned for me, but it's a classic. Yeah, that's tell. fair. I, th- yeah. I think there's a, old fashions obviously have a wider margin error. Yeah. I think. Depending yeah. on the whiskey you use and the, all those sorts of things. Yeah, there's a lot more to play with. Yeah, there's in more terms to play with. There's your classic, and yeah. the, then there's, there's different areas you can play might, with. It might be a pear and apple situation where the best old fashioned is better than the best Negroni. But the worst old fashioned is way worse than the worst Negroni. I think that's I totally think fair. That could yeah. be the same with that. That's my opinion on apples and pears. Like the best pear is better than the best apple, but yeah. the worst pear is definitely worse than the worst apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a weird, good analogy. Just weird. But yeah. there we go. There's my top five favorite trends of 2023: orzo recipes, small plates, non-alcoholic beers, tacos, and then the Negroni number one. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Fairly happy. Uh, with before that. you were gonna say. Before you said bar, I thought it was going to be like something like Balban that was going to be oh, really? the number oh. one or something. Yeah, no, I do love Balban. I didn't see that on any list. Like, no. like I said, I tried Maybe to... that's grown in previous years. <sighs> Maybe. That was what was weird. Like I tried to only pick things that were on these data-led... So yeah. stuff I liked, but stuff that was genuinely a trend rather yeah, than just thinking, I think just... that's a trend. Yeah, because you could be thinking back a couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some stuff, like, I thought, oh, I thought that's been around for ages. And, mm. But still, like, small plates. I think for the masses, it's small plates. It's like, even average plates, it was... It, do small plates more maybe i don't know yeah definitely it started in more independence yeah um, and then yeah. i think that was where it was getting a bit like oh it's a bit conceptual um but then yeah just some we, do things, do we do things now. differently in oh, here, so. <laughs> but yeah chains do it now yeah 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 um okay top five for next, next week for you how do i oh, think about this now this sounds really fucking boring on the face of it but i thought in your capable hands this yeah. could be a good one for you okay 2024, start of a new year. What do loads of people do? They want to eat healthy. They want to, you know, new year, new me. All that <laughs> bullshit. But what I thought I'd give you is your top five greens. Top five greens. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know whether okay. that's things you just love eating or love cooking with, stuff you like always have on the menu here, but like your five greens that are like your favorite go-tos and maybe yeah. even what you what you traditionally love having them either with or yeah. but you can, it's up to you that's okay. your top five, well, top five greens. To play with that yeah there is oh, i see yeah. what you mean on the surface it's a bit Sounds tall boring. but you could really play with that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah top five greens let's do that next week um right i think that is about all yeah uh, if you want to so. send us any questions and stuff to kick off the new year um please do uh, at the nightcap underscore pod facebook twitter instagram all the usual places uh, and rate us, rate and review us. That is so important. It helps us get seen. It helps other people um, discover the podcast. So give us a five star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we will always read those out. So please go and do it now. Yeah. Click it now. Nice one. See you cool. next week. See you later. Thanks so much for downloading the Nightcap podcast. We appreciate the support and we'd love to know that you are enjoying the pod. And now you can become a proud member of the Nightcap podcast tribe. Along with our weekly catch-ups and up-and-coming series with more amazing guests, we've created some bespoke Nightcap podcast clothing, which you can get online now. We've teamed up with our friends at T-Mill to create t-shirts and hoodies in various sizes, colours and fits for both men and women. Yeah, we chose T-Mill for several reasons. They make these clothes with 100% natural materials using organic materials that are better for the environment. They use the sun and wind to power the production of these products, plus they 
they will send you your order in packaging made from plants, not plastics. And the best thing is they look great and they feel great. You can just tell their quality so there's no knockoff merch here. Yeah, it's as simple as this. Go to thenightcap.tmill.com. That's thenightcap.tmill.com to order your Nightcap podcast merch now.